This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We are back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So it's uh, <laughs> started the week off nice. We were talking before the show. You know you're officially old when you hurt your back and you have no idea how you did it. You were fine one minute and then the next minute you can barely walk. So there, that's how my day is going. If that doesn't personify a Monday, <laughs> I, like I, I'm... I don't know what does. Like, I don't think I'll ever know what does. I'm fine sitting here, and I'm fine standing up. But it's the in-between those two that's killing me right now. So did you just, like, start to get up, and then it just started hurting? Or what What were the circumstances? <laughs> I had no idea. I was at work this morning, and I was fine. And then, like, the next minute, I was hurting. And I have no idea why. I didn't do anything. I didn't pick anything up. I didn't bend over. It, I was just walking, and all of a sudden, my back said, nope. Uh, that's awful. <laughs> I, I I feel your pain, though. That happens with my knees sometimes. Like, sometimes it just, sometimes it just hurts. Yeah, it Sometimes sucks. it doesn't. So I'm going to, I think after the shows tonight, that's... I'm going to make a little trip over to CVS and pick me up some uh, Icy Hot and rub down before I go to bed tonight. Hopefully, I'll wake up feeling better. If you have a tub, you should do like a hot bath. Oh, that that usually helps too. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'll usually that. what I do. Like when my knees start to hurt really bad, I'll just get some Epsom salt, pour <laughs> it in like a like like a bath so hot that you can see the steam coming off the water. Welcome to the old cast where we tell you how to Murdy. How to how to this, get past those aches and pains. <laughs> this episode of the old podcast is brought to you by Pepperidge Farms. Uh, so this weekend, um, I picked up um, Shredder's Revenge on the... Uh, I know I'm going to get slapped for this, but I got it on the Switch. and uh, But I had credits that were just burning a hole in my pocket, and plus it was 10% off. So I went ahead and, went ahead and got it, and um, I really really like that game I, I will say it's a little short but the replay value on it is very very high so if you haven't played it i highly highly recommend it and if anybody out there um has it on the switch and you want to play with me um and you're not on my friends list just uh look me up on twitter at jfunktastic and we'll trade um uh, nintendo profile things and we'll play together friend codes yeah fun codes yeah i still haven't gotten it yet um i get paid on friday so i will that's when i'll likely be pulling the trigger i've been seeing on twitter everybody talking about how great of a game it is and it is i want to play it in the worst kind of way dude it's one of those games that if i if they this game would have existed when i was a kid i would have literally lost my mind it's just it the the Everything about it's great. The way it plays, the way it looks. I mean, it's such a throwback to the 80s and 90s. I mean, it is 
It is the, in my opinion, I mean, nothing against the original Ninja Turtle uh, comic books from Eastman and Laird. There, there's something else entirely, you know. But and nothing against like the Ninja Turtle iterations through the years. But the, to me, the definitive Ninja Turtles is that period from like the cartoon through the early '90s, and just that that throwback to that era is that's Ninja Turtles to me. No, I totally agree. It's the first thing I think of. And I, I've liked, you know, I liked the cartoon they did in the early 2000s. I didn't entirely hate the last Michael Bay movie because it reminded me of a live action version of the cartoon. I still haven't the, seen from it. From the 80s. <laughs> it's, it's much, it's, I won't say much better because that's a bit of a stretch, but it's better than the first Michael Bay movie. There's still quite a bit that I don't like about it, but it's cool. Like seeing Rocksteady and Bebop in live action, Krang in live action, seeing the Technodrome is really cool, Yeah, but that's, that's really about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreeance with you. When I think of Ninja Turtles, I think of the 1987 cartoon. Yeah. And rampage does uh, say in the chat room that um, it is on Xbox and it's available for free on game pass. What I mean, it's technically not free, but you know, it comes with game pass and I did check out, cloud gaming yesterday afternoon uh i think i i'm able to do it on my my imac so i may try that out for the month they give you the first month for a dollar i think i may try that out uh this week and let everybody know my uh impressions of that of being able to play it on on an actual apple device yeah i'd be curious to try that out myself but, so uh, I might look into that as well. So uh, I mean, it's only a dollar to try it out. So yeah. you know, why not? Yeah. But uh, you, you play anything this weekend? Any uh, any gaming, or were you too busy with your uh, <laughs> with your movie stuff? You were you were doing some things for the new movie. Oh yeah, I haven't talked about that lately. But yeah, we're uh, we're getting kind of close to being ready to shoot my next movie. Uh, I've got both Steve and Kevin coming back who, you know, you know, both Steve Wise and Kevin Almodovar. They'll be back in their same roles they were for the Parker syndrome, which really makes me happy. Uh, We did some auditions this past Saturday. I've got a couple that I'm doing over Zoom um, tomorrow and Thursday. And then after that, make casting decisions, lock down a couple of locations and then hope to hope to shoot it in early August. So that's awesome. It's yeah. It's so the the script uh, I started writing it even before we shot the Parker Syndrome. I've just been tweaking it slowly but surely, and you know other life things have come up. So well, you're ahead it, of the it, game it feels, on me. I still haven't gotten my other script back up and running after you know the pandemic shut everything down. So um, uh, you're going to inspire me to get get cracking on that again. Uh, I'm not an inspiration to anyone, so don't don't say that, sir. But if you need me to come over and be sound again, I, I, I'm I'm there for you. <laughs> okay. And if you, whenever you and Wally get your next thing made, you know I'm always good to get coffee. Oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> but uh, we um, we're not going to do news or video game history tonight. What we are going to do is uh, we're going to talk about our our top five games of the '90s. We have our lists, and we also have your lists. And um, let's see, do I have a little theme song here to play for uh, going into here? I'll just play this, like. I love the power glove. It's so bad. So that brings us into our top five list. Do you want to do you want to start us off this evening for the top five? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, do you want me to go through my full list or do we want to bounce back and forth? Um, you know, like I do my number five, you do your number five, so on and so forth. We can forth. do that. We can, we can bounce back and forth. That sounds good. Okay. So I'll save my honorable mentions for last. And I, I will say I initially had a list of 15 honorable mentions, but I scaled those down to uh, how many did I put? Three, four, five. Okay. I've only put six. So Cut that down by about half, but easily could have put more than 15 because the 90s is my favorite decade of gaming. Played a ton of games that still resonate with me so well today. Uh, My list is not going to be like a game changer or really any surprise to longtime listeners of the show, but uh, my number five is Banjo-Kazooie. Of course, made by Rare, released, I believe, in 1998 for the N64 I remember reading about this on IGN as well as Nintendo Power and being really excited for it because the 90s was such a great decade for platformers, both 2D and 3D. Oh, yeah. You know, Mario 64 really changed the game as far as how how platforming is done because it introduced 3D platforming to the world. But Banjo-Kazooie, to me, it perfected it. And it's still one of the standards of 3D platforming to me because there's so many new things to discover. There's such a great variety of worlds from Mumbo's Mountain to Treasure Trove Cove to being in a giant trash disposer in uh, Clanker's Cavern. You've got Click Clock Wood, which is the same world, but you have to go through it in all four different seasons. You have jigsaw pieces to collect, music notes, all kinds of cool stuff to really... It keeps you busy, and it's a pretty good-sized game, and Tui really expanded on it once it was released a couple of years later. But I, I will always have a soft spot for Banjo-Kazooie. I love that universe. I wish that these games were still around. Mm. And if if I were to ever make it as like a big-time filmmaker, I would love to make a Banjo-Kazooie animated series. That like I think that good, would be so cool. That would make a good Pixar flick. Oh, 100% with that animation style. (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, Banjo-Kazooie, it's it's usually in my top five of any gaming list. And so it's no surprise that this is my number five. See, and I struggled with it. You mentioned Mario 64. I struggled with whether or not to put that on my honorable mentions list. Um, But I I took it off because I, I know it's an important game in the Mario franchise. It's important for 3D gaming altogether. But my list still comprises up of things that I still play, and I don't go back and play Mario 64 at all. I mean, I have good memories of it. I have good you know reverence for it, but I can't go back and play that game anymore. It, it's an important game, and they did a polished version for the DS when it first came out, and you could also play as uh, Luigi, Yoshi, and Wario which added a cool new dynamic to it because each of them had their own specific abilities. And plus the graphics were a little more polished and they did the same for, you know, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. So it's honestly a better experience on that than on the Nintendo 64. But, you know, we can't sit here and say that it's not an important game because it is. Yeah. Uh, My number five is, of course, Super Mario World. I think uh, as far as platformers go, it's up there with one of the greatest of all time still play that game to this day it's every time i play it it brings me back to christmas 1991 when i got the super nintendo and plugged it into the tv and that 
first time you turn it on and you hear the coin plink and then the din, 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 and it's just it, that moment is burned into my memory and you can't deny that Super Mario World is I mean I I love Super Mario Brothers 3 don't get me wrong I I love that game so much but Super Mario World is one of the greatest games ever made I mean ever you can't deny that that is objective <laughs> an objective truth and it's an important game and i think it's it's one of those games that will still be absolutely 100% playable you know 100 years from now if you told me that mario world was a perfect game i wouldn't dispute it, it because is. i really have no knock against it the graphics still hold up to this day the soundtrack is honestly underrated like i love the music from mario world i could put that on my phone and listen to I know there's not a ton of tracks on it, but every song, every theme in this game fits the environment perfectly. From and it's got that perfect like piano, little piano, you know, like that the yep. ragtime stuff and just God, it's just so all around just an absolute perfect game. Mm-hmm. Nope, I don't disagree with anything you said. Let's see. My number four is another game I've talked about uh, quite extensively on the show, and that is Earthbound. This is surprising because uh, I figured this would have been higher on your list. Well, if you look at what's higher, you'll you'll see <laughs> why. But uh, yeah, in normal circumstances, it would probably be three, maybe two. It's my favorite RPG of all time. And I remember just discovering it almost by accident because it came in a huge box because it came with the strategy guide, uh, some scratch and sniff cards. And I think it came with something else, but I can't remember. And it just looked really cool because it had a picture of uh, one of the villains from the game Starman on it. I was like, Oh, this looks cool. And it had the kind of like claymation type of uh, art style on the cover. And I plugged it in and started playing it. And I just got, sucked into the world immediately and it's in playing through it as an adult i realized that it's almost like the japanese satiring western culture because there's a lot of like quirky dialogue and humor that's in it and some of it you know is really kind of pushing the envelope a little bit as far as what would be a, a rated e game yeah. <laughs> and what wouldn't be like nothing really bad but when you're a kid you're like mm. oh i can't believe they put this in the game but it, it's it's got it's not a very i won't say it's a very long game it, it's got you know plenty of uh towns and areas that you can go to so you spend a lot of time in this world and it's another one that i think would make a great series or a great movie it, it's got a little bit of um a Goonies and E.T. vibe kind of to it because the stars of the game are kids and they're essentially having to save the world from this alien entity that's come to destroy it. I like the characters. Another great soundtrack. Who's the, I have nothing bad to say about Earthbound. You know, I played through it again a couple of months ago. It's one of those, but like, and you mentioned Mario World. This is a game that I like to play through maybe once a year, every other year. Have you played, uh, it's on the NES shop, well, not the shop, but on uh, Switch Online, 
the NES uh, online. Uh, I think it's called Earthbound Origins. Earthbound Beginnings. Or Beginnings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I hope to uh, review it next month. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yep. I wanted to see what you said about it before diving into it. Yeah, I, I like it so far. I mean, it's not, you can tell the graphics aren't as advanced as yeah. the SNES, but I mean, it, it plays similarly. So I've been liking it. Uh, and for my number four, we go into computer gaming and the seventh guest. One of those games that it, it's, it might be kind of cheesy and not hold up that great as far as the, uh, the, the acting and stuff in it, because they did use full motion video in the, in the game. But the atmosphere of the game, the 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 story it told, and this game is the direct lineage of why I love games with uh, puzzles, like puzzle games. This is where it's, that love started for me. I still play this to this day. I have it in my Steam account. It still holds up to play. I mean, some of the some of the puzzles are a little rough, and I don't know how I solved some of them without the internet. <laughs> When I was when I was a kid, because I was like 17 years old when this game came out, but I made it through the game. I, I used to listen to the soundtrack all the time. It came with the CD soundtrack and everything. But man, that game is so still to this day is so cool. And if you've never played it, I highly suggest you go go give it a give it a whirl, and uh, you'll see that you know it was kind of ahead of its time. I mean, it was one of those games that. When it came out, it was like, holy crap, we're doing this now? When you when you play that type of game, when you're like, okay, this is a whole new ball game now. So it was an important game and one of my favorite games of the 90s, absolutely. I still need to play it. I feel like I would actually like it from what you've told me and from what I've watched of gameplay and screenshots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just, it's a, a genre that, I just haven't really dove into like I should. So one of these days I'll I'll play the seventh guest. I mean, it doesn't hold up as far as like it's very slow. I mean, it is like a point and click game, you know, and you're very slowly moving through this, you know, this big ha- uh, mansion and you're watching you, you do a puzzle and you watch a cutscene, and then you got to move through the mansion. It's very slow and plotting, but. If you put yourself into the 90s mindset, uh, you know, like this is the first time we ever did this, you'll I think you'll get into it. Well, if you're like me and you just never left the 90s mindset, then you'll love it. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to get into the cliche portion of my list, but it's it's the truth. My number three is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Still to this day, perfection when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. I think the first game still doesn't get the credit that it should. I know uh, Joey Image mentioned it. I think it was last week or it might have been the week before on the show about how the first Sonic is a great game and a lot of fun. But there's just something about Sonic 2 that when I go back and play it, even now as an adult, it it still captures that same magic that I felt when I played this. Because this was the first Sonic game I ever played. I didn't play Sonic 1 until after I played Sonic 2 and 3. Yeah. Which is which is a little little strange but you know the the stories there's not much of a storyline to these games so you can just kind of hop in yeah. wherever and just pick up you know immediately. I had, oh, where to start with this game? I mean it's 
from the moment that you see Sonic and Tails pop up in that circle and you hear the and then you dive into Emerald Hill Zone and you see just the brightness of the blues and the greens and the that just really catchy soundtrack that carries through the whole game. And the special stages are still my favorite because you you have to run through these half pipes and collect you know, a certain number of rings by the time you get to a certain part of the stage. Otherwise, you're going to lose and you keep going until you get the Chaos Emerald. There, there's nothing bad that I have to say about Sonic 2. I'm probably going to pick up Sonic Origins this weekend when it comes out because I've still got a GameStop gift card that I haven't used since Christmas. So I think that's what I'm going to use to uh, to get that. I know people are a little sketched out about sonic origins and the fact that oh it's games that have been available numerous times but they're but they're remastered there's some cool special features with it so i'm gonna get it i'm gonna play through sonic 2 again when i think of sonic the hedgehog there are two things i think of the comic series and this game and joey said in the uh, chat room that he got his first genesis about a year and a half ago at a flea market thirty dollars total and it came with Sonic. That's not a bad deal at all. And the same, not bad at all. I was a Nintendo kid. I never had a Genesis. Um, but as far as the mini consoles go, you know, the Nintendo Mini, Super Nintendo, Genesis, Turbo Graphics, all the mini systems, I still say the best one and worth the money is the Genesis one. And 100%. I, I can't wait for, for the second one to come out. I hope they release that soon. I'm ready to find out what all's on it because they haven't released the list of all mm-hmm. the games yet. And uh, I, and you were right about the, about the graphics. Like the Genesis didn't have the color palette that the Super Nintendo did, but man, they really made Sonic games like the brightest games you could you could see. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Sonic Three looks great too. You know, you can tell there's a little more detail in the graphics. Like if you look at the Sonic Sprite in two compared to three, there's a little more detail. But yeah, I I prefer the look of Sonic 2, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, those games just got better looking as they went along, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, for my number three. Of course, this is I'm sure this is one of yours, too. Uh, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Another Never one of heard those of games, it. yeah. <laughs> one of those <laughs> games that, same as Super Mario World, I got it that Christmas when I got the Super Nintendo. I got Link to the Past, uh, F Zero, Final Fight, and um, of course Super Mario World came with it. And playing Legend of Zelda over that Christmas break into the the spring, you know, just playing that game and over and over again, like beat it, play it again, beat it, play it again, beat it. That game is so ridiculously replayable and it's always fun always yeah i mean i i don't know what else i can say about it other than it's one of my favorite games ever you know it's it's arguably my favorite game of all time because it's it's a game that i've replayed so so many times and when i think of the legend of zelda Link to the past is it's Zelda perfection. Mm-hmm. I wish is really all I can it, say. I wish they would give it the Link's Awakening treatment and completely uh, remaster it for the Switch. I mean, they have the engine, 
you know, they've already got the uh, the everything they need to just remaster that whole game for the Switch. I would gladly pay another 40, 50 bucks for that game to have an updated version of it. I bet they're sitting on that for an anniversary of that game. Either that or like an anniversary of just the franchise as a whole. They might be like, oh, here's Link to the Past remastered. Yeah. I love if they remastered the original Zelda. Yeah. That too. I don't know why they don't just redo. I would even play part two if they remastered it. <laughs> I would give it another chance. Yeah. Even though there is a better version of it out there called Agalos. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, let's see. My number two is you mentioned it in your list, Super Mario World. I can remember exactly where I was in the house I grew up in when I played this game for the first time. Like you said, when you hear the little ding for the coin and you hear that catchy theme song that is forever ingrained into my mind, you knew you were in for a great experience when it came to the universe of Mario. And Mario 3 is a fantastic game and one of the best Mario games of all time. But Mario Brothers, the franchise to me, is synonymous with Super Mario World. It is the first game that I think of when I think of Mario. Mm -hmm. I have played through this game and beaten it countless times. It's one of those games, like I said, with Earthbound that I make it a point to play through once a year. Yeah, I've I've done that. You know, there was a gap when I didn't have my Super Nintendo and then when it came out for Game Boy Advance. And I just like I lost my mind I'm like oh I get to play a handheld version of mm-hmm. one of my favorite games of all time played through it then play through it now on the switch it introduced Yoshi who's one of the most popular characters in the entire franchise I know it didn't introduce the Koopa kids but I like the boss fights in Mario World more than Mario 3 yeah you also have the ghost house you have the special stages, which are still, I won't say unbearably hard, but they're a great challenge. If mm. you if you consider yourself a Mario expert and you want a challenge, go through the special stage yeah. in Mario World. It's I remember beating it for the first time and I didn't know what was gonna happen. And then you like the world of dinosaur land turns into fall. And little the enemies are subtly changed a little bit, and it all it offered like a whole new playthrough experience. So, yeah, I I love Mario World. There would there wouldn't be Super Mario World without uh, Super Mario Three. I think Mario Three, you know, laid the groundwork for Super Mario World. But like you said, they just took basically everything that they did for Super Mario Three and just perfected it for the Super Nintendo. Mm Hmm. And uh, for my number two, of course, is Star Tropics, one of my favorite NES games and one of my favorite games of all time. I, I know that number two, the, the second one was terrible. It came out way too late in the uh, in the Nintendo's life, and I think that's probably why we haven't gotten another Star Tropics game since. But I, if there's anything I could ask of Nintendo, is it's please give me another. Star Tropics game. Just that's all I want. Just another Star Tropics game in in that universe. Not what they tried to do with the second game, but go back to the islands and, you know, everything that happened, everything they did for that first game because it was sort of like 
um, that it was that overhead view that they that Zelda had for uh, Link to the Past, but done for the Nintendo. And it was weird the way you moved uh, uh, in the game, but it kind of w- worked in its favor. And I think a lot of people that didn't like it should go back and give it another chance because I, I think that game, th- there was something special there, and I think Nintendo just kind of let slip through their fingers. Yeah, I think had they released Star Tropics 2 for the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. it may still be around. Yeah. I just I, I never understood why they continued to stretch out the life of the NES, you know, years into the Super Nintendo's lifespan. Yeah, you're four years into the, Nintendo, the Super Nintendo at that point. Nobody's playing Nintendo games <laughs> at that point. You know, Nintendo's became the console that you you, you became the hand me down console at that point. You know, the older brother would get the Super Nintendo and then be like, "Here, you can have." my Nintendo to the little brother. Like nobody's going back. I personally bought Star Tropics 2 when it came out in 94. I had to dig my Nintendo out of storage, you know, at at my mom and dad's house like in the shed or something. It was like in a box up on a shelf. I had to go dig it out so I could play Star Tropics 2. I think I got like 20 minutes into that game and I was like, I have made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and not to knock the NES, but it, it was like, you know, the Wizard of Oz when you're in black and white and then you turn on the Super Nintendo yeah. and everything's in color. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just, it, there is a, there's a pretty noticeable difference. But mm. I, I, I like Star Tropics. I haven't, I haven't completed the first game, but I have played it a, a pretty good bit. You know, when, I remember after we started the show and you were talking about Star Tropics quite a bit. And I went through and I, I played a little bit of it. And I, I like it. Like, I, I do wish they would have, you know, extended that franchise. Yeah. But I, I think had it been released for Super Nintendo, I don't know if it would be to the level of Legend of Zelda. But it may still be around. It would have been up there, I think. I think. But, um, but you know, I, I mean, just for the original Star Tropics, I, you know, I spent my entire... You know, I had the Nintendo Power issues that that were about. They gave it like two or three issues to talk about that game, and I spent that whole summer of 1990 playing Star Tropics. Like that's what I did that summer, and I just loved that game so much. Yeah, who knows? Maybe one day Nintendo will surprise us and they'll bring it back. Maybe I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, well, one can hope. Yeah. So I might surprise you a little bit with my number one. (laughs) In the years that we've been doing this show, I have been praising Ocarina of Time. And I still very much love that game. But in going back and playing through that and what I'm about to name, I got to give the edge to Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. And Link to the Past is my number one. Not a shock by any stretch. But like you mentioned, it's to me, it's a perfect game. I have zero issues with it. You essentially get two games in one because you start out in Hyrule trying to find the three pendants so you can get the master sword. And you think, oh, well, that might be the end of the game. But no, you get transported to the dark world. That's yeah, it's the same size, but you got to go through more dungeons that are immensely harder. (laughs) 
it's still pretty challenging playing it through it as an adult until you get, you know, the tunic upgrades because you lose like a 30 year life every time you get hit. But this game, gameplay wise, soundtrack, storyline, characters, because I I know it'll never happen, but I actually really like Aghanim as a villain. Yeah. Like, I I know he was just like a a puppet for Ganon, but I would have loved if he was his own person and he would have been like someone who could come back in a later Zelda game. Yeah. Like, I liked the idea of this evil wizard taking over Hyrule. And if Zelda were ever made into a movie or a series, this is the game I would adapt. Would be linked to the past. I would, too. The game's so good. And just the music, the 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 graphics, that overhead view, the the controls. I mean, everything about that game is perfection. Yeah, and I it's a game that I would give I'm pretty sure when I reviewed it on the first episode of the show, I gave it a ten mm-hmm. because I have zero complaints with it. And here it we are it's one six years later and it's still a ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's what else can I say other than it's probably my favorite game of all time like my three favorite games are probably this ocarina of time and super mario world Mm -hmm. if i had to pick my three actual favorite games and i i love ocarina of time i think it's a great game it was great to walk out into hyrule field for the first time in 3d and see what was going to happen Mm -hmm. but i gotta give the edge to link to the past I don't blame you. I mean, I, that, that it would have been higher on my list, but this game here is one of my favorite games of all time. The original, I played it for the original PlayStation. I played it on the N64. I beat it so many times, I can't even count. I played the remake, the remaster, Resident Evil 2. Still I knew this would be high on your list. One of the greatest games gaming experiences of my life even going back playing the i mean it's probably easier to go back and play it on the original playstation version um but even still even playing it on the old n64 those tank controls are just kind of bad but there's just something to be said about the the atmosphere of that game you know the the just the level of immersion in that game and then to have them remake it and remaster it a few years ago i've played through it so many times it's it's sickening how many times i've played through this game and i just love it so much that's why it is number one on my list i had a feeling it would at least be in your top three yeah i wasn't expecting it to be number one but i thought it would at least be like two or three but that's cool I mean, my number one cool. flip-flops, depending on the day. I mean, w- one day it'll be Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. The next day it'll be Star Tropics. Next day it'll be Resident Evil 2. But I think probably the game I've played the most in my life is probably Resident Evil 2 in all its different iterations. One day I'll play it. You should. <laughs> Especially the remake. The remake is so good. I know. you've You've praised it immensely. But uh, but we'll go through our honorable mentions real quick before we uh, before we read everybody else's top fives. Um, I'll just go through mine real quick. Um, of course, Super Metroid is an honorable mention. Uh, that game. I mean, what else could we say about Super Metroid? I mean, it's up there with 
you know, the the greatest Super Nintendo games of, and greatest games of all time. But I, I, it was hard not to put it on my list, but it, it definitely had to land in the honorable mentions. Um, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, same thing. It's it's a great game. I was just playing this the other day. I love this game. I'll never not love it. It's so good. And um, I think it's another franchise that should still be have game that should still have games made today. I don't know why they don't. It's such a cool story and and gameplay. Uh, and of course, Shadows of the Empire for the N sixty four should still be canon. I'm still hurt that Disney said no. It is not canon. In my heart, it is still canon. Damn it. Uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron for the N sixty four. That game is still so good. Then you can get the expansion pack to give it another four megabytes of uh, graphical power for the game. And uh, I still love playing that game to this day. And, of course, Doom. How could you not have a list? How could you have a list of 90s games and not have Doom on there? I have so many memories of Doom. Playing Doom on the school computer uh, during my off you know, lunch lunch hour and in my computer classes when we were done with our work playing Doom on the computer. So many memories of that game. And we wouldn't have the, you know, the first-person shooters we have today if it wasn't for Doom. It's still around. So you had a better experience of playing the game than watching the movie? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Minus the first-person sequence, that that movie was awful. so bad. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, My honorable mentions, of course, Ocarina of Time. I talked about it a second ago. One of my three favorite games of all time. I I wanted to restrict myself to one game per franchise. So that's why it's not in the top five. Uh, Pokemon Yellow would have been probably number six if we had done a top ten. I really liked Red and Blue, but when they released this special edition and kind of adapted the storyline and some of the characters from the cartoon, loved it. Plus, Pikachu followed you around. Uh, they changed the the way the characters looked to reflect the cartoon, which I thought was really cool. So still my favorite Pokemon game of all time. Super Metroid, we've talked about that game immensely. It's this and probably Metroid Fusion are my two favorite Metroid games of all time. Uh, Secret of Mana, another great RPG for the Super Nintendo in the 90s. Uh, th- I know there was a re- I guess a remaster, it was done in 3D, I think, for the PS4. I think but I heard so. it wasn't but I heard it wasn't that great, so I haven't bothered to play it. But uh, this is another game that I've played through countless times, and I wish it was more relevant. I know the franchise is, you know, expanded since then, but it's still my favorite. Uh Turtles in Time, another game I played through countless times. Uh Ninja Turtle beat 'em up perfection. In my opinion, that almost made my my honorable mentions too. And I love the original arcade game, but Turtles in Time is just mm-hmm. oh, you can get sucked in that game for <laughs> hours. And last but not least, Star Fox sixty four. I really like the original one as well, but I, there's so many countless possibilities that you could go through in playing Star Fox sixty four. I mentioned this last week. It was really not that long of a game. But because of the different routes you could take, it offered great replayability. We talked about and it's it still last the- week. Like, why is Star Fox not uh, 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 still a franchise making games? I, I, 
I don't know. Nintendo has so many good franchises that they're just sitting on. You give me a good Star Fox game, and I will buy it day one. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. I, got, I, I, I love that universe. I just wish they would go back to it. I, give me a, another they, Star Tropics game. I'm there. You give me Star Fox, I'm there. Just give us something. But they haven't been able to recapture the magic of this game in its sequels. Like, Star Fox Adventures was an entirely different type of game, so I almost don't count it. Yeah. But there, there was a game for 3DS, I think, called or it might have been for regular DS, called Star Fox Command. I don't remember that one. And then there was Star Fox Zero for, I think, the Wii U. But it just... Oh, there was Star Fox Assault for the... For the Wii U. <laughs> like, that whole console just went right past me. There was Star Fox Assault for the GameCube that was pretty good, but uh, the peak of this franchise is still 64, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about your uh, top five list that uh, our listeners and patrons and everybody else sent to us, uh, Derek has some shout outs. Yes, as always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Evelyn, which I got to give him a shout out. For those who are watching the video version, he got me the sweet uh, Jester's Court coffee mug. That's a nice mug. That he, that he dropped off at my house today. So uh, getting to break this in while we do the show. And Mr. Brandon Rutledge, thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks that we've done. And I've lost count of the number of shows and movies that we've done between Gargoyles, Batman, the animated series, uh, Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, movies like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Mm -hmm. Clue, Super Mario Brothers, The Wizard. The list goes on and on. And if you want early access to those, you get them weeks before everybody else. Just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just give us your uh, proper social media information, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. And I think for this month for our commentary, since it lost the poll last month, I think in honor of Kenobi, we should go go ahead and do the first episode of, what was it, Rebels and Clone Wars. Clone Wars. I think that's a good idea. We should do that for this month. Sure. I'm all for that. <laughs> Joey says we should do voiceovers to movies where we record our own dialogue over them. That would actually be kind of funny, but that's a lot of work. Could we pull off a MST3K <laughs> type I mean, show? We could. I mean, it'd be. <laughs> we'd have to do... I, I don't know. That would be kind of... We'd have to do that in Discord. We wouldn't be able to stream it. Yeah. I do like that idea, though. I like the idea. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we can do that, you know, like later on in the year. We want to tell you all about our friends over at VideoGamesMonthly.com. If you're looking for a way to beef up your video game collection, then they have you covered. Just head over there, pick the box you want, and tell them what systems you want games for, and boom! It's like Christmas every single month. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for a loved one, or just treating yourself every single month, and I mean, hey, you deserve it. 
Just head over to VideoGamesMonthly.com and enter NCR in the Where Did You Hear About Us line at checkout, and you will get a free game in your first month's box. That's right, an extra game, absolutely free. So head over to VideoGamesMonthly.com. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. doesn't matter what type of coffee you like. They got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to BeResCoffeeCo.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. But um, these lists came from our listeners and patrons. Uh, I got these lists off of Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. So if I missed anybody, like if you gave them to us on Facebook or anything, if I missed them, I'm really sorry. Let me know, and next week I will add them to the list. Uh, to start us off, we have Mr. Mike Evelyn, who from uh, B-Rez Coffee and at uh, Jester8082 on Twitter. He gave us uh, a link to the past, Super Mario World, Ocarina of Time, Fallout, and Star Fox. You know, I have never played a Fallout game. I've tried to play some of the Bethesda uh, RPGs, but I just can't get into them. See, I have to be very picky with RPGs because I get lost in them Mm -hmm. and I will lose track of time. So I'm just very picky about those types of games. I've, I have friends who swear by them and say they're great games and I believe them, Mm -hmm. but I've just never really experienced them myself. Uh, I am the Rampage wrote to us and said his number five is Earthworm Jim one and two, the Genesis version, Donkey Kong Country one. Mega Man X, Super Mario World, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I feel bad that I didn't list Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, I'm surprised. Because I, I, I love the first two games. I mean, they would be in honorable mentions for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. My Donkey only Kong problem with great. that game is it's so damn hard. <laughs> the first one, yeah. I've still to this day have not beat it. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I've beat the sequels. But I've I haven't beat the second one fully because you have to get all the bonus coins to do to do the true final boss. That game just takes a lot of memorization to get through. Mm-hmm. That's the key to that game is memorization, and I just couldn't remember everything to get through that game. I do love them though. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they're great games. They they're beautiful, but man, they are on the difficulty scale. They make Super Star Wars look like. I don't know, like, bust a move. <laughs> uh, that gives me flashbacks to playing Empire Strikes Back a couple yeah. of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, from Armez Jackson himself, uh, his honorable mentions are Sonic 2, Super Metroid, Link's Awakening, and Mortal Kombat 2. That's I didn't even think of Mortal Kombat 2. I put a lot of quarters in that game. Yeah, the, the first one was another honorable mention that, that didn't make the final cut. But uh, but, no- two, but two's a great game too. His number five is Gran Turismo. Uh, that's the first racing game we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see number four, Pokemon Red and Blue. Opposite of you, uh, you had yellow. He's got red and blue. 
Yeah, I'm, Red and Blue are still great games. Three Streets of Rage 2, great, fantastic beat em up game. Uh, number two, Street Fighter 2. And number one, Super Mario World. I'm surprised Street Fighter 2 didn't land on our list either. I played yeah, same. a lot of Street Fighter 2 back in the day. Mm hmm. And uh, at the butcher himself, at T H E underscore B U T C H R. Go give him a follow. Uh, in his uh, number five, Woodruff and the Schnibble. Have you ever heard of that? I have not, but you got me curious. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. Four, Goldeneye. Three, Earthworm Jim. Uh, two, Super Mario World starts off the 90s great. And uh, number one, none other than Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. I had a feeling that would be his number one. Yeah, same, Joey. He says, uh, MK1 and 2, I probably put enough quarters in those that I could have bought the arcade cabinet. <laughs> You're not kidding, because my first job, the the restaurant I worked at was a pizza restaurant, and as a teenager, I probably spent half my paycheck putting quarters into that Mortal Kombat 2 machine on my breaks, playing the other employees, because that's all we did was play Mortal Kombat 2, like on our breaks. And before and after work, we'd get to work, we'd stay at work late just playing Mortal Kombat 2. I'd be interested to be the person who would have to empty the quarters out and count them. <laughs> he had to count like, just like to see every, how every other day. Yeah, just to see like how much money <laughs> that game made. Uh, and his honorable mentions are Turtles in Time, Mario sixty four, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, his first Metal Gear we've seen on the uh, the list here, and Streets of Rage two. Mm hmm. Uh, and then we have Donner Party of Five. His number five is Tony Hawk Pro Skater. That was one that almost landed on my list, too. That game is great for the soundtrack alone. Oh, God. That game. Me and my roommate that I live with, his name's Phil. He was a professional skateboarder. And we played Tony Hawk 1, 2, and 3. Uh, started off on his plate. He had I had the Xbox and the, the GameCube, the N64. He had PlayStation 1 and 2. And we played countless hours of the first three Tony Hawk games. Like, hundreds of hours of that game. Of those games. You wouldn't think at face value that those games would be so, like, replayable. <laughs> but they are. Like, once yeah. you learn how to do it, Man, you can get sucked in that game for hours. Then we got some of the codes, the cheat codes, where you could yeah. uh, do the grinds without the ba with the balance thing being perfect. So you could literally do like like billion point grinds <laughs> across <laughs> the entire map. It was nuts. Yeah. Uh, and then in, uh, number four is his number four is Mist. Mist was a good game too. Not quite as good. I mean, it's a great game, but I didn't personally like it as much as Seventh Guest because it didn't quite have that 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 dark tone to it. Mm -hmm. uh, this number three is Tekken Three. Uh, number two, Starcraft. Wow, I, I forgot Starcraft even came out in the '90s, man. Yeah, I always thought it was a 2000s thing. Uh, and of course, his number one is Banjo Kazooie as well. Yep, 3D platforming for perfection. And he says, a little all over the place, but and that, that's fine. Uh, but all these games either A, changed my perception of what a game can do, or B, Tony Hawk Pro Skater got me into punk music. 
And yeah, (laughs) those soundtracks are awesome for those games. Yep. They're perfect for them. To close us out, we have Mr. Tyler Watson, who got his list in just under the wire. Uh, Right before the show, I looked in the email, and there it was. I was wondering where he was at. He was starting to worry me there for a minute. Uh, His honorable mentions are Star Fox 64, The King of Fighters 98. I forgot about that game, too. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's the problem doing like uh, the uh, the entire '90s because there were so many good games that came out in the '90s. My favorite decade of gaming and uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. I'm surprised that's not on this top five. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two, Marvel versus Capcom. I forgot about that. Yeah. One. Mm. That should have been somewhere on the honorable mentions because a lot yeah. of quarters went into that game too. We failed. Uh, Joey Image said, what was that, Smurfs and the Kibble? What was the name of that game that he put on there? Woodruff and the Schnibble was uh, Woodruff was and the Schnibble. the butcher's list. I, I'm looking this up. you got to look that up and see what that is. You might have to review that for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom just said that. Uh, Resident Evil, the first one. Still a good game, but I prefer the uh, the uh, the the GameCube remake of that, which still holds up to today. You can get it on the Switch, and it's very good. Uh, Lunar Two, Eternal Blue, Final Fantasy Four, and Doom. First uh, Final Fantasy we've seen on the list. All y'all talking about you love Final Fantasy, and Tyler's the only one, the only one that put a Final Fantasy game on his list. Now that's the fan right there. We'll talk a little bit more about Final Fantasy in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number five, his number, his actual list. Number five, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. The game that started a phenomenon, a deceptively simple RPG. It hooks you in with this colorful cast of collectible creatures and their collisions and combat, and it doesn't let go. I personally haven't missed a main series game since 1998. Yeah, I've been kind of in and out of the Pokemon series since gold and silver. I think I played through black and white several years ago, but I still hold a very special place for red, blue, and yellow. I mean, yellow wouldn't exist if red and blue didn't exist first, but yeah, those games still like the original 150 Pokemon, the original region, the original characters. I, I love it. I you know, still I've, get sucked into those games. I've still yet to play a Pokemon game at all. We we should do something where like maybe we dedicate a month to like you play games that like I'm known for playing. You know what? And, I'll tell you and what. vice versa. The I just got a Super Game Boy the other day at the flea you market. Did. You should tell me what the best Game Boy Pokemon game is, and if I can find it, I will purchase it and play. On uh, play it on the Super Nintendo. I mean, I would say yellow, but it, you know, you're you didn't like you're not a huge Pokemon fan, so like the cartoon references aren't really going to matter. Hmm. So either that or red and blue. Okay, I'll look. So for any him. of those three, I think you'll be good. Uh, let's see his number four, Metal Gear Solid, still the best one in the series. I've beaten this game at least twelve times. I know because two characters get different outfits every third playthrough. Sounds like me with Resident Evil 2. I tried so hard to get Tofu. Uh, There was this hidden character you could play in Resident Evil uh, 2 called Tofu. 
and you had to get like an you had to beat the game a certain amount of times and you had to get like a certain letter grade before you could get to him and I never could get him. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if huh. they ever added that into the remake or not. I'm going to have to research that. Uh, and his number three is Street Fighter 2. The granddaddy of them all. Not the, fir- not the first fighting game, but the first one to do it right. So much so that most fighting games after, uh, after adopted the style that SF2 set, Ken is still his favorite character. I always liked uh, Dalsim. Yoga fire! Yoga flame! I- I'm cliche... Ryu is mine. <laughs> Y'all some basic bitches. <laughs> hey, you ain't got to argue with me on that. I know it. It's kind of funny. I grew up to look like Dalsim. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Chrono Trigger. Hands down the greatest RPG ever made. I got to finish Chrono Trigger. I started a game and never finished it. That's not an opinion, it's a fact. Fantastic story, great characters, superior music, multiple endings. This game has it all. It was a dream game as it brought together the creative teams from Square's Final Fantasy and Enix's Dragon Quest back when they were two separate companies and were in competition with one another. Um, I I do need to go back and finish Chrono Trigger because I liked what I was playing up to that point. I just kind of I had other things going on and couldn't couldn't really get into it, but... The graphics and music were great, and I was getting into it. I just I just didn't have time when I was playing it. I think had I played this game when it was released, it would probably take Earthbound spot. Yeah. Like, I, I see the appeal of it, but I, I don't have the same attachment that I do with Earthbound and the others. It's, it's the kind of RPG that I would have really gotten into back in the 90s because it still kind of has that, you know, that Zelda feel to it, but it's a little kind of futuristic, and uh, it's like it's that weird mix of like fantasy and like technology. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, and I love the art style of it. Like the art style is just so cool to look at. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joey wants to throw in an honor, one honorable mention in the chat room. He says the original Shinmu. I still haven't played those games. Me either. Well, we'll have to rectify that and uh, have Joey come on and talk about it. Cause I know he loves those games. Yeah. Said it was released December '99 for the Dreamcast. I still got to get a Dreamcast. Dreamcast was underrated. Maybe I should buy I, one from I, I like Joey. He's got like 30 of them sitting in his closet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, of course, Tyler's number one to close us out is Super Mario World. He's uh, extolled the virtues of this game on multiple lists on this show before, so I won't repeat myself. It's a literal perfect game on every front, and it is the pinnacle of platformers. Well said. I just recently started yet another playthrough on my SNES Mini. I mean, I still play this game on my original Super Nintendo, which is like three feet away from me right now. The game is just perfection. You can't deny that. If any, I have yet to meet a person out there that's like, I don't like Super Mario World. Like, it just doesn't. I don't. Do those people exist that don't like that game? If they do, you don't need them in your life. Yeah, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. And how could you hate that game? There's no Honestly, way. like, what is there to hate? There is nothing to hate about it. It is Mario perfection. But uh, but that brings us to the end of our top five games of the 90s list. So how do you feel about our lists for this show? I I think our lists are pretty solid. Like, it, none of them were really shocking, I think. But it, it's still cool to see, like, where you rank yours compared to where I rank mine. And then uh, I love reading, you know, the viewers and the listeners list too. Oh, yeah. 
comparing our list to theirs. Like that's that's what's great about top fives. It's become one of my favorite things to do for this show is the top top five lists. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that's gonna bring us to the end of the show. Uh, what's going on with feature feature presentation podcast? Yes, yeah, so uh, I do want to say thank you to uh, everybody who gave kind uh, and good feedback to my chat last week with Laura Faye Smith. I thought it went really well. Um, it was very different than what I expected, but I quite enjoyed it. So it was good catching up with her. For tonight, I will be chatting with our good friend, Mr. Steve Wise. Uh, we just crossed the five-year anniversary of when Survey, uh, his multiple award-winning short film, was shot. So he'll be coming on the show to talk about that and uh, film festivals. So if you're curious to learn about uh, how to submit films, what goes into making film festivals happen, he's done both. And Steve's always a good chat. Like it, it feels right when Steve and I do a podcast together. So that'll be coming up tonight at 8 p.m. Central Time over on the Feature Presentation YouTube channel. You have to ask Steve when it's going to be available to watch for the public. Because I still have people ask me, where can I watch this movie? I'm like, I, I, I don't know when its festival run is over with. I guess he'll put it I thought it, it was. I'll, I'll ask him about it tonight. Ask him if, ask him if when he's going to put it out for, for the public consumption. Yeah, he and should. I mean, everybody needs to see it. It's a great movie. Uh, last week for Open Micers, we talked to Jonathan Bright of the Raylan Nelson Band. Uh, we talked about punk rock and the entertainment industry being an awful place. <laughs> we talked about podcasting and comedy. Go check out. That was a really good show. Last couple shows have been banging, uh, you know, because we had Raylan Nelson herself on, which is a great episode. Jonathan Bright, who was her guitar player. And uh, we are live on Monday nights at 8 o'clock after the Nerd Cave Retro. So if you're if you're watching us now, hang around. Uh, we'll be back on in about 30 minutes. Um, yeah, it's at 7.30. Uh, I don't know why I said 8. I'm like, my back's hurting. I'm sorry. <laughs> but join us at 7.30. It's feature presentation at 8 o'clock on uh, YouTube Live. So you can catch us both um, Monday nights. There's a lot going on here on Monday nights. And uh, tonight... It's going to be a hostful episode with me and Mr. Jacob Craig, and I have no clue what we're going to be talking about tonight, so we'll see when we get there. Honestly, and this isn't a knock to any of the guests you've had, but I my favorite episodes of your guys' show are the ones with just you two <laughs> talking smack to each other That's for an what hour. everybody says, so I guess we're going to have to do more, more hostful episodes per month. You could do one a month. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we do now, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, go check us out at Open Micers pretty much everywhere. And uh, go follow our link tree to all the links. And, Derek, I think that's going to do it for tonight. What do you say? I think so. Let's get out of here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro, Instagram, and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro, and individually at JayPunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. You can go buy merch, our merch, at ncrmerch.com. We got shirts, hats, buttons, stickers, magnets, bags, whatever you need, ncrmerch.com. And also our Patreon at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro, where we give you extra episodes every single month, and uh, we do those commentary tracks for you. And we love doing those, and it keeps the lights on here at the show. And if you can't do that, I understand. Times are tough. Go leave us a review wherever you find podcasts are given away for free. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes.
Master Blaster runs by the town. You blew it!